0: Welcome, everyone, to today's Daily Directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. Good morning, friends. Today I have a fun treat. Uh, I am on vacation and get to be in Kalama, Washington with my lovely mother-in-law, Ruthie Tippin, who is a devoted Christian, follower of Jesus, lover of people and the world, a wonderful listener, and she happens to be a recorded minister in the Quaker church. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell people about who you are or what you do?
1: I have two brilliant and handsome sons and two fabulous daughters. I call them my daughters because that's how I was able to have daughters, was because my daughters-in-law are really my daughters in love. And I have three beautiful grandchildren. Two of them are Bethany's and one of them is Rebecca's. So I'm, I'm just thrilled to have my family with me this weekend. I'm just thrilled. So happy.
0: And she's a wonderful writer and communicator. She has preached a lot, and it has a beautiful voice, plays lots and lots of music, and uh, she's one of the people that I know that brings the most joy to situations and celebrations, and she is my very, very favorite person in the world to tell good news to, because she knows how to celebrate. <laughs> <It's> lovely. <laughs> so today we are looking at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, and I'm going to have Ruthie read it for you.
1: This is from the New International Version. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops.
0: The word of the Lord. (laughs) Thanks be to God.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: So is there anything in particular that you're drawn to in this passage, or what does it make
1: you think about? What would you like to talk about? well first of all i know james was writing and this is interpreted as if it were written um, to men but i consider it for all of us men and women and i also feel that james is writing from a place of experience i don't think he would have written this if he hadn't felt this understood this experienced this as something he had felt and experienced in his own life, in his own life of faith, in his own life of um, walking with God, in his own life of um, going through times of trouble, of joy, of suffering. So that, to me, makes it sound very real, very true to himself. And the thing that really moves me in this is that he is speaking to each one of us. Yes. It's personal to him, but it's also personal to me, personal to us. And he really believes in prayer. He yes. believes in the way this is echoing back to him. And he's teaching us so that if we're in trouble, what should we do? His first thought is, you should pray. You should bring this this concern to the Lord. You should bring this to someone larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Instead of... Um, drawing inward, you should take it outward, bring it up and out of your, beyond yourself to God. And um, even when you're happy, celebrate it, sing, bring that joy beyond yourself. Let him sing songs of praise, it says. But then if any of one is sick, the first thing he says is not go to a midwife go to a doctor, find a nurse. First thing he says is, you should call the elders of your church to pray. Uh, Again, this idea of asking others to take this before the Lord. Offer this in prayer and faith, and um, this will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise you up. So as important as it is, I don't think he's saying, don't go to a doctor. Don't go for help to those who can help you and who are trained and who care about your physical body. I'm married to a physician, so I know how important and how godly that is. But he's saying, don't neglect the prayers of those who have experience, long experience in bringing these kinds of concerns to God and who care about you and your health. So that matters to me. I I think it's beautiful that prayer is not just for desperate times, but it's for all kinds of reasons, for joyful reasons, for times when you're troubled, times when you're ill. And it's also for times when you have committed something that you feel is harmful to your faith, that is a sin, a time of destroying something in your life, and you feel that the yearning for God's forgiveness, mm-hmm. that's also a time to go mm-hmm. to God and and confess it, and say, I missed the mark, I I have done something that I feel very badly about, I, I feel a lack of connection to you, um, I want this I want to be forgiven for this. Do you have experience in your life where that's obviously something we
0: can do individually between us and God and it does get it off of our chest. We we can be individuals and be stewing over something that we've done wrong or something that is troubling us or something hard that we're dealing with. And in the stewing, or I like to call it the swirl. (laughs) Stuck in the swirl of your mind and your emotions. And you're like, we get stuck there. Right. As we bring it up and out, sometimes it's enough to bring it up and out just to God. Yes. But sometimes that still doesn't bring us enough of a resolution. We have to bring it to our community, to those that we know are safe and loving and are also willing to lift those kind of things to the Lord. So I think James is doing something and talking about the power of community at the same time that he's talking about the power of prayer. In that, do you have any experience of needing a secondary place where not only you've confessed a sin or a hurt or a wrong, the lord but also that it has helped to confess that to a person
1: yes um i think it's important at times certainly to go to the person you might have sinned against Mm -hmm. and they may they may say i have no recollection of this ruthie i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) but it's one of those things that keeps tripping you yeah tripping you up in your relationship to that person. And at times you wonder, Hmm, I wonder if that was helpful (laughs) or not. But if you, and so you have to be very sensitive in listening to God do, is it enough for me to confess this to you, Lord? Um, and sometimes God will say in some, it will indicate to you, you do have to be very careful in your listening because God will say, yes, this is enough thank you Ruthie it is well Mm -hmm. it is well and sometimes God will say now it is time to go to this person and share this with them then there are other times when God asks you to go to a faith partner Mm -hmm. not the person you have injured but to a faith partner that that or that you think you have injured but go to a faith partner and say i think i i have i feel that i have wounded i've sinned against this person mm-hmm. and that faith partner will be the one who can give you guidance and help you so much in understanding your own soul mm-hmm. your own relationship to god your own relationship to that other person and it's set it gives you clearness mm-hmm. I love um, that word. it gives That's you clarity mm-hmm. in understanding your growth and development in faith it doesn't excuse the wound, it doesn't excuse the sin at all, but it's a teaching time, a time of understanding and growth in your, in your relationships with other people mm-hmm. and um, your relationship with God.
0: And what about your experience as a minister? Have you, um, so in my experience, especially in hospice chaplaincy, I sometimes have people who have missed a moment to be able to ask forgiveness of the person that they harmed. It's maybe happened so far back in history that it's no longer a conversation that can be had for one reason or another, whether that's just a completely severed relationship or because someone has passed and and they just can't go to the person they've harmed anymore. And I've found how important it is for them still to be able to speak out their confession and their regret and their desire for forgiveness and to have my role as a minister sometimes to be just the reassurance that you are forgiven. Yes. That it doesn't, my forgiveness and my speaking of that doesn't actually give them that forgiveness, but sometimes it breaks open something in someone's mind or heart that allows them to accept God's forgiveness or to forgive themselves yes. in the
1: situation. Yes. Do you have
0: experience of that as well?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. That, that... Um people can understand if you turn the table on them and say, how would you feel if someone thought that of you? Mm. How would you feel if someone felt that you had never forgiven them? Someone that you loved dearly felt that you could have or never would forgive them? And oftentimes their feeling is, oh, I that wouldn't be true of me at all of course I would forgive them and then you can work it um, around to that sense of God in them Mm -hmm. I believe that God is in every person regardless of how dark their life has been or how troubled their life has been it's just my sense of who God is that God's light Um, whether it's just um, a a small flickering candle in the dark or a blazing spotlight in their life, there is something of God in every person. So I I, I try to help people see that there is that that something of God there that would have said, but you are mine. Mm -hmm. You belong to me. I love you and regardless of those injuries and as hard as our relationship is i would have forgiven you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and i do as you ask for it you as you speak
0: out your desire for this forgiveness because that's usually why we're having the conversation
1: exactly yes yes and oftentimes um as i was serving as a pastor i have found that listening Listening is the key. Oftentimes I would bring two people into my office and I, who were having a struggle between themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I would bring a third party in, oftentimes an elder in the meeting, to sit with me. And I would And that person would be there just to listen to their conversations. But I would ask the first person to speak and the other person not to say a word. And I would ask them to say what their concern was with the other person. And then when they were done, I would ask the listener, the elder, to say, are there any clarifying things that you have to ask? And so then they would ask. And then I would ask the second person to speak. And oftentimes before they told their story, they would say, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I never understood those those facts. And just the clarifying of the first person's story would solve a lot of the confusion. Mm-hmm. But like I would the then the tension mm-hmm. and I would ask them the second person to explain their story and the same thing would happen with the first person they would realize that there was a lot of misunderstanding and confusion and they would often end shaking hands or embracing each other or forgiving each other and their relationship didn't necessarily become sunshine and roses (laughs) right but there was a, a definite understanding then that could start a new kind of relationship. So forgiveness um, forgiveness can be uh, a steady new growth of something from a very simple re-beginning, mm-hmm. a, a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Christ intends for us, mm-hmm. each of us. It's a new beginning.
0: That's beautiful. I also sense that Learning to be good listeners, and this idea of James asking us to bring things to each other in prayer is sort of what you were setting up in your office. When we, when we choose to go to each other and communicate what is troubling us, what we're joyful about, what we need healed for, what we need forgiven for, it, it allows us to even offer the other person our perspective. And if we stay alone in the dark about it and we keep our mouths closed and we don't go to our community, we just stay very isolated and in a space of never really coming to understanding. Right? That's a, it is an interesting part of sharing. We have to move towards each other and speak out our things, whether they're joys or sorrows, in order to not only be in relationship with each other, but kind of, hmm move into growth or transformation in ourselves. That God expands us as we open to each other.
1: Absolutely, that's beautiful that God expands us. And oftentimes in these situations, these had been long-standing concerns Mm -hmm. between the two people or sets of people. And they were harmful to the church. They were harmful to the meeting and the people had been willing to meet with me. It was not, um, no, I refused to come. Obviously, they had agreed to come. And we always started in an attitude of prayer. Mm-hmm. Always, we were covered by prayer. So this idea of bringing ourselves in humility, mm-hmm. first to each other, and then to God, in that sense of listening and being able to be broken, and to pay attention to God in the listening mattered so much. Yes, yes.
0: So there's something, when you started, you spoke that you believe, James is talking about this because of how much he believes in prayer. Mm -hmm. And there was something that you just said that made me think you believe very deeply in prayer.
1: Yes, I do. What makes you believe
0: so deeply in it?
1: Jesus is my companion. That, that, I have always felt that Jesus is with me all the time. I talk to Jesus all the time. It's not, to me, prayer is a conversation. It's yes. an ongoing conversation. I just feel that God is around me all the time. But that Jesus is my friend. He's my companion. He's my buddy. He's, <laughs> he's, um, I'm sorry, my dog is barking. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. Why.
0: That's Sophie. She's... She's the friendly but she likes to have a lot of attention and yes, she's she not getting does. it right yes, this minute. <laughs> yes,
1: she's not. She's probably wants a treat. But <laughs> anyway, I've always felt very close. I've I've been blessed because I was raised in a home where I I knew I knew the Lord well and I was taught about God and and especially about God's love and compassion. So, um, I've, I've always felt that God was my friend, that Jesus was my friend. I never felt this, this sense of judgment and, um, and harshness about God, but that God was love. I really, I'm struck by, I'm always drawn to the story of um, Christ on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love that, that, oh, they broke the bread, and then they realized that was Jesus that was with us all the time. Yeah. I just love that, you know. That, that. And so one of my, um, the important things about my ministry is that we need to pay attention all the time, that, that it's, it is Jesus that's with us. If, if we pay attention, we can see Jesus mm-hmm. in so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.